0: Um, As I've mentioned before, if someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass and stayed even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. The gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It cannot be skipped. But after this Mass, we still have three other Masses. They could attend one of those. Please open your bulletin to page four. Page four. Just go very quickly. You see there, yesterday, Saturday, August 23rd, says, it was the Feast of St. Rose of Lima. Most people would say, oh, big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. The first woman saint canonized from the Americas. That is a big deal. Uh, look at Sunday. It says uh, tw- August 21st. The 21st Sunday in Ordinary Day is the Feast of the Apostle St. Bartholomew. You know, we saw that man, Mr. Foley, murdered in Iraq um, just days ago. Um, if you've ever seen um, Michelangelo's famous ceiling, in the Sistine Chapel, he did the the rear wall as well. It's the Final Judgment, and there's a fellow seated, and he has his he's resting his his arm on his leg, and he has his finger out like this, and something's hanging from the finger. It looks like maybe a coat or a sweater. It's his skin. Um, he was skinned alive. He was flayed um, rather than deny Christ. Um, you know, and they did that in such a way so that you would not die for a long time uh, because you can live without your skin for a while. It's very painful, uh, and they want it that way, right? So Saint, uh, look at the bottom of page 4. Oh, look at this. Today is the feast of St. Louis, the king of France. Um, why is this important? There were saints counted among the kings of France, and there were a lot of stinkers, too. Okay? That's going to be important later on. Uh, look on fa- page 5. Wednesday and Thursday, St. Augustine and his mother, St. Monica, from Carthage. They're in North Africa, just below the boot of Italy. Look on Friday. Uh, Friday is the, Passion, the Feast of the Passion and Death of St. John the Baptist. Look on Saturday, uh, St. Margaret Ward. She's part of the, uh, the Harvest uh, instituted by the new Pope of England, King Henry VIII. Yeah, under um, um, under the new law, she was killed. Anyway, uh, look on Saturday, August 30th. It says 9 to 12. Today is class number 2 of 9 for grades 1, 2, 3, and 4. No, that should be 5, 6, 7, and 8. Sorry about that. Now, turn over, if you would, to page 7. These... Um, that first, uh, that first one is about those books. Uh, I recommend those books, but I also recommend parents read them first, then consider giving them to your children if you deem them fit. Um, if you do it the other way around, don't blame me, right? The um, then there's a, the the book I quoted last week uh, about the life of the Curie of Ars, Saint John Vianney. There's the there's the author if you want to get the book, which I recommend you get the book. Um, then um, last week on the cover of the bulletin, this was the this was the picture of Saint Pius X on a horse, um, and I mentioned at the bottom there that uh, he died on August twenty first, nineteen fourteen, a hundred years ago. Uh, the website I used, um, Patron Saint Index, got it wrong. He died on August twentieth, nineteen fourteen, uh, but uh, Saint Bernard of Clairvaux died on August twentieth. 1153. So he got there first. So they that bumped Pope St. Pius the X onto the next day. That's going to be important later on, but I want you to read that later on at the bottom of page seven. Pardon the uh, syntax. I've got to do something about that. Uh, look at the p- top of page nine. Uh, for four weeks, I made, this, um, I made this announcement verbally. Then I printed it in the bulletin. Uh, look at that line that says, the first paragraph, don't get me wrong. Vacations and travel are good. Now, if you would, um, um, uh, look at the back page of the bulletin. See that um, top announcement there? Yes to fighting ALS. That is good and acceptable for Christians. No to using embryos to fight ALS. That is not acceptable for Christians. I I, I make these two announcements back to back because... um, Somebody might say, well, Father Paul is in favor of Lou Gehrig's disease. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. And it's a lie. Uh, I think we ought to fight um, ALS without having to kill an embryo. I was once an embryo. So were you. So kind of personalizes it, doesn't it? So um, so this uh, ice bucket challenge, the Archbishop of Cincinnati, um, um, he feels the same way. So there's the uh, the news story if you want to. If you want to see it because people are shelling out money for this left, right, you know the the dare, the challenge, and all. Also, I'm sorry, but there's a little bit of green hypocrisy going on here. You know, we're all supposed to be green, whatever that means. You know, supposed to consider the environment. Well, why don't the people just take the money for for the ice and the bucket and the water? Notice how everybody uses the same bucket. Part of the deal, right? Anyway, why don't they just take that money and give it to ALS? Uh, Pretend you sh- uh, have a picture, a website, showing somebody um, dumping somebody wa- water on them. But anyway, there, there are parts of the world where people do not have fresh water. And ice? What's that? Well, that's the stuff you get in the wintertime, right? Father Z, on page 12, Father Z has a blog post that was very seek. He published it on the feast of S the 10th. Um, but he brings up some points there that may, you may not want your children to read about, so parents can read about them and maybe discuss it with their children. The next one, um, A Man for All Seasons, um, uh, uh, The Life of St. Thomas More. This is the picture of St. Thomas More right behind me. He died defending marriage as a sacrament, the sacrament of holy matrimony. Um, the, um, there's a six-minute clip, which is just tremendous. It's just beautiful. You feel like you took a nap for an hour. Um, uh, now, who in the world can take a nap for an hour? Well, I mean, some people work in government, right? Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the Oklahoma Archbishop, um, last week he uh, resolved uh, a matter that is very, very important. The, uh, the, the group up in Oklahoma City they were planning on September 21st to have a black mass using a consecrated host, which is Holy Communion. Um, and the, the Archbishop, Paul Coakley, filed a lawsuit last week. And in the lawsuit, he said, return our stolen property. What's the stolen property? The consecrated host, the Holy Communion. So on August 21st, they did that. Friends, they did it on his feast day. He is called a saint of Holy Communion, a saint of the Eucharist. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure the newspaper tied all this together for you. What silly me, right? Happened to be his 100th anniversary, and it coincided with that. You know what Catholics would say that? Oh, look, look at that. That's lucky. It's amazing. God just doesn't do away with the whole world. when We call his providence luck. Now, look at the bottom. Um uh, piece there on page 12. There's a new a new movie came out um, about a coach who had um, won 151 consecutive victories. And of course, it would be Jesus who's the coach, right? Jim Caviezel who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ. The um, so um, you might want to go see that. Um, the um, I guarantee you one thing: you will never ever ever see Coach Lad in Dallas coaching the Dallas Cowboys. No, nope, get him out of here. He's going to win. We don't want your kind around here. The uh, anyway, look on page 10. The um the the RCIA is starting up. We have a couple of orientation classes. You can go to class number 1 or class number 2, either or. You don't go to both. Then the classes start after that around mid-November, December. Somebody's going to come up to me and say, "You know, I was thinking about becoming a Catholic. When do they begin? September? September? <laughs> right? You, you know people who are asking about, or they just want to look into it. There's no cost. But we do have to start um, in September to, uh, to get the course together. Look on page 10. You know, there are certain questions we can ask our children. And there are certain questions you better not ask them. Right? How about this question? Hey, kids, would you like to go to Six Flags today? That's a winner every time, right? Well, how about asking them this question before they're grown up? Hey, let's pretend you're a mother or let's let's pretend you're older. Now you're married. Now you're a mother, a father. Do you ever want to see your daughter alone behind a locked door with a man to whom she's not married? I did not mention God. I did not mention the Ten Commandments. I did not mention Jesus Christ, who is God. Uh, I did not mention the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So I did not mention any of the common objections to such a question. It's a yes or no question. And if they give you anything else, I smell a rat. And you know what you can do? You can start a conversation. And it usually will start like this. But, 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 right? Uh Huh? Well, good. That's a good conversation starter. But parents, I'm going to put it this in the, I've been putting this in the bullet every couple of months. I slept up. It's been probably four months since the last time I did it. But isn't this a good, well then, how do you expect me to? Isn't that how the response usually goes? Well, how do you expect me to? That's not the question. Let's answer my question first. Then we'll go on to your next question, okay? But this is a dialogue, so, right? Uh, it's a great question. It's a great question. Okay, very good. Now the homily, Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my heavenly Father. And I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. The. Um, the gospel today is situated miles and miles away from Jerusalem. Here's Jerusalem. If you go to Caesarea Philippi, you've now gone into territory where there are no more Jews. Last week, Jesus was in the territory of Tyre and Sidon. There were almost no Jews there. There was a Canaanite woman, and she was kind of a mix, pagan-Jew mix, right? Right? Now Jesus and his apostles are further along. They're up where the Jordan River starts. That famous river starts. Um, now, here's Jerusalem down here, and um, this is the Gospel of St. Matthew, uh, a commentary on the Gospel by Curtis Mitch and Edward Sri, SRI. I've mentioned to you this before. He, he notes that Jesus took his apostles' T- over 20 miles away from Jerusalem, away from the religious bureaucracy of Jerusalem, away from the drones and spies in Jerusalem. He took them all the way up there so he could reveal who he is to them without any spies or the NSA being around. Right? So, this is what he did. Uh, friends, you know what's happened over the last couple of weeks in Ferguson, Missouri? Right? Uh, that from day one that Ferguson, Missouri happened, I knew that there was one thing that we would not learn for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we still haven't learned it. And you know what that is? We haven't learned the truth. I cannot tell you how much contempt I have for people who work for the news. Utter contempt. They are disgraceful to their occupations, um, and so uh, I bring I bring up Ferguson, Missouri, because had Jesus made this announcement down here in Jerusalem, what you saw happened in Ferguson would look like a kid's party compared to what, what happened in Ferguson. Would make what what would happen in Jerusalem look like a kid's party. It, it would be torn up in every way, right? So Jesus takes them out of Jerusalem over 20 miles away and he makes this announcement. In the, in the Old Testament, uh, for example, in the book of Psalms, we hear that God, you are my rock, my fortress, my rampart. Uh, in you, I, I take confidence. God is for me my rock, right? So we hear all about God as a rock in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, St. Paul says uh, about the Israelites, you know, they were 40 years in the desert, that um, every day they all ate the spiritual food and they all drank from the, the, the same spiritual drink that came from the rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. So when you talk about a rock, it's always a reference to God, Um, And here, God, God's own son, wants to ask us a question. He first begins the question saying, who do people say that the son of man is? And friends, by now, we should all know that when Jesus says son of man, that's his favorite term to refer to himself. He says, who do people say that I am? In other words, who do they say that I am? And they all get it wrong. Now he gets very personal and he drills down and he says, Who do you say that I am? St. Peter says, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for no man, flesh and blood, same thing. No man has revealed this to you but my Father in heaven. So who told him the answer? God the Father. How do I know? That's what Jesus says in this gospel. And Jesus says, so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Friends, up until this time in the history of the world, how many people had been named rock? The answer is easy, right? Zero people in recorded history up until this time had been referred to as Rock. And Jesus is the one who is calling him Rock. He's changing his name. I'm changing her name to Rock. Okay. Now look at the um, look at the first reading. This is from the prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. The prophet Isaiah says to uh, the prime minister of the king. Well, they call him the master of the palace. It's the same thing. And God says to Shebna the prime minister, uh, I will thrust you. I will kick you out of your office and pull you down from your station, and I will give your office to Eliakim. Now look here. Uh, King David and King Solomon, uh, they were kings. But do you think they were the ones to check to make sure that the toilets flushed and that nobody was parking and the handicapped parking that was supposed to... Be parking somewhere else? No, they gave that to someone else. They gave that to their prime minister, the master of the palace. That was the way it was under King David and King Solomon. And that's the way the kings of Israel handled this, right? They had a prime minister. They had a master of the palace. Jesus is doing the same thing with St. Peter. Jesus is saying to St. Peter the exact same thing. And did you notice that in the first reading? The office could be taken from one and given to another. Huh. St. Peter, the first pope, his office is vicar of Christ, prime minister of Christ, if you will. And that office can be taken and given to another. We just saw something like that happen recently, right? Pope Benedict resigned and the office was given to another. Now something about Pope Benedict. I've got to find where where it is. Maybe you can find it and send it to me. But um, either as cardinal or as pope, someone asked the uh, Pope Benedict once. Uh, pope Benedict, do you believe that the Holy Spirit um, inspires the the election of the the pope? He said no. Yeah, he said no. Uh, again, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he said something like this. He said no. Um, The Holy Spirit can, but I think that in most cases that doesn't happen. Um, He said, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit inspires the man who was chosen to be Pope. Um, Yeah, after the Cardinals have elected the Pope, chosen the Pope, um, then the Holy Spirit inspires the man. Let me give you an example. I'll give you the worst example. You know, we we all learned as kids... In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and I'm glad he did, because I would still be in Germany if I lived through World War One and World War Two. Right, my parents did. I would be living in Germany. I'd rather be living here. Right. In, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. In 1492, the cardinals got, to, got together and elected a man who chose as his name. Pope Alexander Sixth, Father Pacwa, Father Mitch Pacwa on Catholic Radio a couple of weeks ago said, perhaps of all the popes, the most wicked individual was Alexander VI. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things he did, he had uh, illegitimate children as pope and he took church money and just lavished it on Cesare Borgia and Lucretia Borgia. Uh, By the way, Pope Alexander, um, as uh, unequal to the task of being Pope as he was, he never said, hey, what I'm doing, that's what God wants me to do. Uh Uh-uh. He never said that this is the way Popes should live. So did he ever teach something infallibly against the true teaching? No, he didn't. But his personal life, as I just said, it was a wicked life, and there was a. You can look in the popes. You can find a handful of popes. I once told this. I once told this to a man, um, and said, "You know, there were a handful of wicked popes or stinkers, I call them." Um, he said, "Oh, really? I think it was just the other way around." I'm like, "Yeah, that's why you're still not a Catholic." Um, if he actually studied history, he would find out that most of them were like Pope Saint Pius the Tenth. Men of virtue and learning, and holiness. Um, Here is the uh, so Alexander the Sixth would be an example of someone um, who was um, politics played uh, a role in his election, right? How about this one? Just over a hundred years ago, in 1903, he was elected pope. You know, he wasn't the first pope elected at that time. the um, The cardinals elected. Cardinal Rampola to be the next pope. But the king of Austria, Franz Joseph, had a veto. And he exercised his veto. I object! So Cardinal Rampola withdrew his acceptance. And they voted again and they voted him, Giuseppe Sarto, to be the next pope. What was the first thing that he did as pope? I can tell you. He took that Rotten veto, and tore it up. Say, oh, no. you you mean politics in modern times has influenced the church? Where do you live? Wherever you have more than one person, you've got politics, right? You can hear politics on on the on the news, in the radio. You can hear you can even hear politics from somebody in the same car doing this, just clicking their tongue, right? You said something, and they go, uh huh, uh huh, right? So there's politics in the church. Name me. There's politics on the moon. There's there's politics on the moon if there are two men up there are two human beings, right? So here we have Jesus giving us the first pope and it's an office that renews itself friends look around knock yourselves out as they say look around can you find any institution that is 2000 years old and still going no there's not one there's and we want to we want to claim it's because it's been managed so well right right what have you been drinking The, uh, Jesus starts his church at the headwaters of the Jordan River by naming his prime minister. And the prime minister is a weak man, and so was everyone after him. So this business that, as Catholics, we can't talk about, oh, the the stinkers? Why? Why not? Who made that rule? Um, No, no, we have to look at these things Uh, We have to look at these things because Jesus gave to Peter the power of the keys. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whenever someone goes to confession, that's the power of the keys. Look at that window over there. The second window from the back, you see the big keys there? There's a purple stole around the keys. Uh, That's the power of the keys mentioned in today's gospel. If you looked over there by the confessional, there's the Vatican flag. I always get a kick out of it, telling the kids, "This is the Vatican flag." And I, I, I open the flag, and there are these two big keys. And I, and I tell them, "Who lives at the Vatican? Pope Francis." Well, you know, kids are very literal, so I go. I, I ask the kids later on. I said, "That's the Vatican flag. Who lives at the Vatican? Pope Francis." Does he live in the Vatican flag over there? So I walk over and I ask, I, I say to the flag, Pope Francis, are you in there? The, the kids think he lives there, right? <sighs> to be a kid, right? In your own universe. Anyway, the um, uh, every pope, every pope has been given the power of the keys. And um, when Jesus made this announcement, um, he made it in front of a cave. I've never been to Carlsbad Caverns. But I bet some of you have gone there this summer. Uh, that big cave, they're very impressive. Well, imagine, imagine standing in front of the Empire State Building. Here you are, and here's the Empire State Building. Jesus is standing in front of this cave formation called, the, well, this gospel translation says, the gates of the netherworld. No, it was called the gates of hell. Um, and I bet the reason the parents called it the gates of hell was to keep the kids away from it. Oh, you better not go and play in the gates of hell, right? Oh, the kids would start shaking, right? For about five minutes, and then the boys would go in there, right? uh, So there's Jesus in front of the gates of hell, and he's making this announcement. That's a backdrop. That's a context. Jesus is telling us, I mean business. Friends, uh, we had an example of the gates of hell... And how the gates of hell will not prevail. Last week, when the Archbishop of Oklahoma City um, sued the group that was go- the satanic group that was going to have a black mass in the civic center in Oklahoma City, and I've never seen an Archbishop sue a satanic group. Most of the time, they just they just roll over. Oh well, they're going to have a satanic mass. Oh well, what's for lunch, right? Didn't happen this time, did it? He he fought the he fought this group and he prevailed. Uh, we we must understand that there are other Christians in the world and non Christians in the world who don't see it that way. That that's that's for them. But we understand that what Christ said 2,000 years ago, he meant. And only by Christ maintaining this office, the office of prime minister, the office of vicar of Christ, which is better. Um, So that Christ did not abandon his church when he ascended into heaven, but he he has been shepherding his church ever since. And he's, and he's had very excellent men doing it. Yeah, with a handful of stinkers, too. And I've just described one of them. Um, but if, some, if there are Catholics who don't believe this, well, that's one of those elements of the Catholic faith. You must believe. Oh, sure, you can do as you please. But you're not Catholic. Um, this is a great consolation. It's, it, it's not a, a consolation, oh, look, we're right. It's a great consolation knowing that Jesus said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my churches. Oh, wait a minute. That's not what he said, did he? I will build my church. And so as Christians, we need to ask questions. He said church, not churches. He said Peter, not and all the rest of you. Jesus is very exact at what he's saying and what he's not saying. Um, Let us begin a conversation. Let's talk about these things. No, let's don't fight about these things. But isn't it interesting? Today, you can have a discussion about anything except the truth. All you have to do is study Ferguson, Missouri, right? Oh, no, we can have a discussion. Just don't bring in that pesky truth stuff. Jesus is the truth. Um, Jesus said to St. Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And I say, and so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of, the, of hell shall not prevail against it. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit.